Thank you, Lord Jesus. Aren't you glad we can be in church tonight? Praise the Lord. Well, we've got so much to thank Him for. His salvation to us to deliver us from the darkness of sin that we was born under, to be able to come by our way and give us the truth of the hour, to illuminate our hearts by His grace and His mercy. We love Him so much. Certainly rejoicing of what great things that God is doing among us. By among us, I don't just mean in our church, but I mean among His, His people. Well, we're certainly glad just to be a little part of that. Amen. Brother Ron Spencer went Monday and also again today to see some different cancer specialists, cancer people. Got good reports both Monday and today. So we're thanking God for that today. <clears throat> also, I want to continue, of course, to remember our brother that they uh, want to continue <clears throat> the treatments that they've been doing and be ongoing with them, but we believe God can speed that up, Amen. don't we? Yes, Amen. I love it when the Lord makes doctors testify of His grace. Brother Ron went to a doctor today, and the doctor told him it was a miracle to be alive, and the doctor actually wanted to hug his neck before he left, just hug him, and just so happy to see what God's done. I don't know about you, I love being associated with a supernatural God. For myself, I can never worship an idol. I have to have a living God. An idol would just never cut it for me. That's why I cannot take the idolatry of Christianity that make a God of yesterday and He's not the same today. I need a God that's Hebrews 13.8. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I love it whenever He does things in such a phenomenal way and sometimes the big wigs uh, you know they don't like to really testify and they want to just come short of calling it a miracle they can come short if they want to we have no problem in saying it <clears throat> our God is a supernatural God he's a wonderful God Erica's oncologist whenever we went to see him initially when this was diagnosed and Lance asked him how far along it was and where it was at and he said stage four now, for a lot of people that aren't taught in the Word of God, those are some of the most devastating words you can hear. So Brother Ben said it years ago, back in the 50s, whenever people hear that word, he said they're dead right there. Or you might as well bury them. But aren't you glad that we have a message that teaches us when we hear cancer, when we hear whatever, that we've got another report. Right, Brother Keith? And then God turns right around months later down the road and the very same man that says that has to say the other. That's my father. Now, are there trials and tests and sick days and days that you don't feel good in between this and that? Of course they are. Will we ever understand all the reason of it? More than likely not. But we don't need to. We just trust him and we know that he's right. Amen. With that being said, I certainly would like to solicit your prayers and keep praying for Alicia, our, our oldest daughter. She's still lost her voice and still can't talk. She's taken therapy, and um, she had been whispering, just, just whispering, but the therapist told her, stop the whispering, so she can't communicate hard at all, you know, just nodding her head or texting or something like that. So we've been testifying tonight about his greatness. 
I told her yesterday when I texted her, I said, you're going to be the next one. You're going to be the next miracle. So would you please continue to pray for her, uh, that God will just move. We have many, many needs of our brothers and sisters around the world, of course, and I know that many need you tonight. So how many would like to be remembered in prayer? You got something in your heart? Let's just go before the Lord right now, before we approach his word. Lord Jesus, we have so much to thank you for. Father, Brother Doug Baker sharing with the ministers today of someone who turned in a prayer request for an individual in their family at their church and had tumors, multiple tumors, all in their body and went back for another scan this week. There's only one left. So the same God who took care of all the rest of them can take care of that one. Lord, we're so thrilled with what we see and hear that you are doing. Father, could this be, could this be what the bride has been longing and praying for? That refilling, that surge before we get ready to go. Oh, Jesus, I pray you would help us, Father. Lord, we don't want you to do it so that we can just see you do things. But we look at it as your mercy to your children and you're displaying your greatness. It's not to testify of us necessarily. It's not to prove that we are anything at all. It's to prove how great you are. We thank you for what we hear and see that you're doing in and around the world. We just pray, Father, that you would help us. You saw the hundreds of hands that were uplifted tonight. Beneath those are one or maybe many requests, desires, you know, what they were. I pray you'd help them, Father. Thank you for allowing us to be able to meet today. When I saw the weather forecast, God, I just got so saddened in my heart. I thought, oh, no, not, not, we can't cancel church tonight. Thank you that it worked out where we was able to have church. Push it back a little bit, Lord, even if we get it where the people can get home safely and help us that we'll not have that on our mind as we listen to the word now. May you come and break the bread of life to us, Father. I pray, Lord, that you be mindful of this. We just believe in you, God, for a supernatural touch in our body. Lord, as I received a text from one of the brothers the other day, telling me that he's praying for, and he said, she has such a beautiful voice to be able to sing the praises of God. I believe we're going to hear her again. I said, amen. Amen. Well, Lord, I pray that you'd touch her. Let your healing virtue go through her body, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you, saints. Let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, try not to worry about the weather and try not to secretly sit there and check your weather app to see if it's snowing yet or not. I checked it for you before I come out, and they're saying maybe around midnight or so, so we're good. We're good till midnight. It's just 7.30, so I got a lot of time to preach and pray for the sick. And and So y'all just don't, don't worry about the weather and Let's just have church. Amen. Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy. What a terrible, terrible thing to describe people by. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, 
traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. We've been speaking to you for several services. I guess this is maybe 20 on uh, getting in the spirit. It's evident that everybody in the age that we're living is getting under the influence of some type of spirit. A lot of the message folks, it's sad to say, but they're getting under the influence of a lot of spirits other than the spirit of God. I hear of how many political arguments and fusses that are taking place on Facebook and all different types of social media in between message people, people that are debating this party and this one and this one will post one thing, this one will post something else and then they go to getting into uh, debates and arguments and this and that and the other. You wish people would wake up and realize that they're being pulled under the influence of, of spirits to do such. Now, we cannot live in any nation, I don't think, of the world and certainly not be concerned about uh, the political scene. And we've seen enough just uh, this last week to see things that have been signed and so on to see the direction in which our nation is going to be headed. And uh, we know that, you know, that Satan certainly has certain people that he can be able to use for his agenda. But may I remind you, that no matter what people place in their mind, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to stand Israel against Israel and I'm going to stand against this, they can only do as Almighty God will allow them to do. So I think we'd spend more time. Uh, my son-in-law, Scott, he was telling me, I think it was last week, that he had heard on a, a gospel radio station and they were encouraging people to quit listening to so much news to turn off the news and start listening to more gospel music. Because they said people were feeding on so much negative stuff. Now, I'm sure if you'll be real honest and you've got apps on your phone, whether they're the left or the right or what you think is in the middle, you get so involved in what this one said and this guy said that and this one said that and you don't know what in the world to believe and you get all tore up and a lot of them folks that said such and such and so and so was going to happen before Trump went out, guess what? They proved to be bald-faced liars. So you know what you should do with the rest of their websites? Don't never look at them again. Now, if I got up and told you that, some of you would never come back to hear me. But yet, you will keep listening to some of these political pundits and all the stuff that they do, and they lie over and over again, and they miss it over and over again, and people will still go back just to hear what they've got to say. Well, I say shame on you. You need to be feeding more on the promises of the Word of God. You need to be feeding on the message of the hour. We need to be feeding on things that God has given us that will build our faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. 
Now, you know, we, we, most of us are not going to get under the influence to where that we will be totally consumed by what these scriptures that we've read tonight. Most of us are not going to be filled with hatred and variance and strife. We're not going to be filled with the majority of this, but yet each one of us, if we will be honest, can say that our lives, because we are human beings, can certainly be affected by these things from time to time. But yet for us to live under the influence of this, no, we are not going to do that because that is not who we are. So it must have been so outstanding that the Spirit of God would anoint Paul to write of the consummation. Now remember, many of these things that he wrote about had been in existence for thousands of years. Man had been a truce breaker. Man had been incontinent. Man had been fierce. Man had been lots of these things. But the consummation of those things would never be until the last day. So what we want to look at tonight by the help of the Lord is the consummation of something that actually started the first time right outside the garden gate. Now let's look in 2 Timothy 3.3. Paul says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, which we looked at last week that is animalistic traits and characteristics. But look at this one here, that they are despisers of those that are good. Now, this has actually been in existence since the first murder that was on the earth. Now, it's amazing because the Bible tells us that Satan was a liar, and actually he's attributed to the first attributes of murder. So it's amazing that Paul would pick up something that would be so ancient and so old and something that has contaminated every continent on the earth. Think of it. There is not one state in the 50 states of America. There is not one continent. There is not one country. There is not one nation that there has not been bloodshed and wars and battles and tumults. There's not one nation of the world that is not moth-eaten with rottenness of violence and corruption and lying politicians. Is that right? And there's only one hope and that's for Jesus to come back. But yet why would he pick up something that is so old and not give us something new? Why not mention nuclear warheads? Why not mention something new? What are the very cause of nuclear warheads? It is the very same thing that started thousands of years ago of one, one man trying to destroy another. What are the purpose of nuclear warheads? One group of people trying to destroy another group of people. What is the invention of gunpowder? What is the invention of all of these things, drones and many of the things that we have today? It is to give somebody the superiority over another. And then they sell out their secrets to another and then somebody inside of there, they have to go. What do they have to do? Keep on inventing something higher and higher and smarter and smarter and eventually science will lead to the destruction of 
America. Now we want to brag on science and I thank God for the things by which God has allowed science, especially medical science, to be able to help us. But you keep this in mind, science will actually become the final tool that will annihilate this nation that you live in. It will actually become part of the final tool that will annihilate Rome, that will annihilate the Vatican. Listen to me. It will become the final phase of the tool that will lead to the purging under the sixth seal. It will not be faith. It will not be miraculous power. It will be the culmination of science. So science lies trace before the millennium starts. It is not good things. It is not wonderful things. It is not great things by which they can brag about their accomplishment, but it will be the earth consumed going about in such a cataclysmic change. It will make the preparation for the millennium. Science, life, and great finale will not be able to bring a human being out of dust. It will not be able to give life to a man's body that is laid as linen. John Lennon laying there and they're able to get him live. Their final phase, their final act will be what? God allowing them to bring such explosion upon the earth that it will purge the earth by the nuclear fire and get it in preparation to go into the millennium. So don't think that science is our great way out of here. It is the way to bring utter destruction. Was it not for the grace of God? I know you don't understand it, but just let me share a little bit of what I can with you. Here in 1961 in our own nation, there was a plane that crashed over in North Carolina. When that plane crashed, it had two atomic bombs on it. There was this thing by which the mechanical control was not able to be fully released. And a brother whose father was over those, those things shared this this week because it's become declassified. But they were not that far from us. And our every day, our jet planes, our B-52s are flying to Russia. And they were wait for instruction whether to drop their bombs or to come back. You imagine had that plane when it crashed that had those nuclear bombs on there, had they exploded and the radiation would have lifted up to the atmosphere and from our great detectors we would have detected there was a nuclear invasion not knowing that it was one of our own that had caused it. From headquarters they would have given okay to drop the bombs on Russia, 1961. But you know what was holding? The seals had not been tore loose yet. Many of us were not born again. Oh, hallelujah. No doubt Satan moving in his great strategy to bring annihilation to the earth. But instead of those atomic bombs going off and igniting, something stopped them, even though the plane was obliterated. And you would think they would have ignited, but God in his mercy, remember those angels that were holding the winds, and the winds were winds of war. But God said, don't let it go off yet. Donnie's not got the Holy Ghost. Don't let it go off yet. Dow's not born again. Jimmy's not serving God. This one ain't serving God. The seals have not been opened. The seals must come open so my people can take the book and eat the book and become a part of who I am. Oh, hallelujah. Don't you fail to forget my 
my brother, sister, that no matter what Satan tries to do, no doubt Satan thought, I will annihilate it all. I will destroy the earth. Man will destroy himself. But God said, no, you won't. I've got more in my program. I've got more to do. I've got more to be accomplished. I imagine the devil that day was so mad down in hell. He didn't know what in the world to do. But what happened? God stopped him. The same God when Satan thought he would lead you to your grave by drinking or smoking or whatever more. By an automobile accident that should have taken your life or a cancer diagnosis or whatever more. And Satan thought I will kill him. I will kill her. But God sent an angel down your way and said oh no devil I've still got more for him to do. I've still got more for her to do. You are not going to take them until I am done with them. Oh let me tell you something tonight friend. Our God is still in control. Our God is still God in spite of COVID. In spite of who's in the White House. I'm looking beyond the White House to the big house. Amen. Don't just focus on the White House. Don't just focus on Congress but keep your eyes toward heaven. That's what we want to look for because that's where we are from. We are not from hell. We are not from this world. Our spirit is not the spirit of destruction. Our spirit is not the spirit of annihilation. But our spirit is healing. Our spirit is love. Our spirit is forgiveness. That's who we are. But you see, since that first murder right outside the garden gate, evil has always despised good. Why would Paul emphasize something that had been existent for thousands of years? Because it would reach such a culmination in the last days. It would be more punctuated. It would be more widespread. And the population of the earth would be so contaminated that people would not just disagree with the good or what I don't understand, the good, but I despise. I hate I despise, I look on them with disdain and reproach. I have no tolerance for them. I have no love, no mercy. Now, unless this was going to somehow resound in a greater way, why just repeat something that has already been going on for thousands of years? Unless it was going to reach a place that it had never been before. I hope you understand we are here. Now, notice how he words this, that they would despise those that are good. How in the world could anybody be good? 
Unless the good God took a bad person and traded out the bad nature and put a good nature in them. And then out of that good nature, they started behaving, acting, talking, doing as that nature bid them do. Now Jesus told us there is none good but one, and that is God. So the only way that you and I could ever be termed good would be the goodness of that very God living inside of us and helping us do which by natural nature we would never do. Then there would be other people on the face of the earth that would look at the good that they do and they would absolutely hate them so much and become so vile. Can anybody here or anybody that'll stream this service, can anyone stand to your feet and tell me you know of one God called anointed man of God around the message of the hour that is preaching we should take a gun or a knife and annihilate anybody's life. Can you point me to one anointed servant of God is preaching or teaching from this message that we should hate anybody? Free to stand up and tell me. Can you point me to anyone who is out trying to destroy those who are in the body? Oh sure, years and years ago, we were under the illusion that we felt like unless you understood the message of the hour, you wouldn't even be saved. But hopefully we've grown up from that son to realize that God has different people in his economy that are not all on the same level of revelation and understanding. And we've come to a spot of maturity to where we can acknowledge that God is doing different kinds of things for different categories and classes of people and we'll be surprised when we get there that day how many of them that actually made it. Well, praise the Lord. But why are we so despised? Why are we so hated? And the thing of it is, it's not that we're hated just by people out here, but some of the ones who hate us the most are those who sat among us. Well, praise the Lord. You see, that's the way it was with Cain and Abel. It was, now I hope this don't throw you, but more than likely Adam and Eve had more children than just Cain and Abel. We know the Bible, the way the Bible is written, that it does not actually give all the offspring many times in the genealogies, but the Bible will pick certain ones that it wants to focus on. Uh, We know that Cain more than likely married his sister, yet the Bible does not tell us that Adam and Eve had daughters. But we know that according to the population of the earth in the Genesis account, that there was had to be others on the earth because he didn't marry an animal, but they were there. And yet God, by his grace, dealt with Abel by revelation, and God by his grace, looking at Cain, seeing what he was, his nature, how, how did he come to the earth, but God looked at him with what? The contempt, disdain, hatred. God said, if you will do like your brother, I will will accept you. So what do we see? From the very first example on the outside of the garden gate, we see one that is elected that's given the pure revelation of God. We see another one that is not elected, but given the opportunity to be accepted in the presence of God as long as they would worship under the auspices that God placed them. But that Cain knew what that meant. He knew he would have to be under his brother. He had had to be under some of his brother. He was not going to live that way the rest of his life. If he wasn't the top dog, he wasn't going to be dog at all. 
So if he could not be the number one son, there's one thing he'll do, and that is get rid of the competitor. Well, you see, the way Abel looked at it, he was not a competitor at all. There's no way that Abel grabbed a hole of that little lamb that day and took a grapevine and tied around its neck and here he brings it up to the altar of God and he did not have a knife as of yet. They had not learned how to break into the composition of the earth and withdraw iron and brass and bronze and so on. So he only picked up a sharp rock and as he went by his father Adam and went by his mother Eve and them looking at one another, did you tell him? No, I didn't tell him. Did you tell him? Because remember the prophet said, they taught them that it was fruits that brought them out of the Garden of Eden. But remember, God had a special connection to Abel, and that connection was his name was on the Lamb's Book of Life. And God was obligated to show him the way back to the Garden Gate. So when he comes up, you imagine how they must have felt because here he's doing the exact opposite of what his father taught him. Well, some of y'all ought to be able to say amen because some of your early fathers taught you to be baptized in titles and taught you women preachers and this and that and the other and God makes you pass right in front of them leaving their church and coming to another one. Why? Because God had illuminated your past. But you see, instead of Cain saying, oh, praise God, praise God, we've got a vindicated way and we know what happened. And one of the writers says that when the Spirit of God actually accepted Abel's offering, it was by the pillar of fire, that the pillar of fire came down and actually lit up that offering that was all the stones and whatever more that was around it and consumed it. So both Cain, Abel, Adam, and Eve was able to look there and see and know that this was the accepted way. Then God, what did God find? He found Cain mad. Oh my goodness. So here he finds this guy and he is so mad and the Bible says why art thou wroth and why is thy countenance fallen so it was so bad he was plumb visible so you could see his face all over YouTube and boy he was mad as a hornet and oh my you you can just hear him he was ranting and raving and saying this and that and that holy roller he come up out of that altar a shaking and a quivering and a crying and carrying on why he is so cruel here I brought a mater and a tater and a cucumber and a jalapeno pepper and a squash and a marigold and a petunia and I laid them flowers around and I put my cucumbers in perfect order but God didn't want a cucumber it wasn't a cucumber that brought out of the garden of Eden but it was the wrong blood hallelujah it was the wrong blood the wrong seed sowed in the wrong place and what's going to bring them back in the garden the right seed sowed in the right place and the perpetuation of blood and here he comes no doubt tears running down his eyes shaking himself and quivering and as he reaches down I can see him as he reaches down and grabs a hold of that lamb and lays him up on the altar and he takes that sharp rock and goes to hacking on its neck and the little lamb uh, 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 bleeding as he was dying and the hot blood spewing out of his neck and here was Abel blood all over his hand blood all over his garments he was blood washed hallelujah and that little old innocent lamb but yet he was not there when almighty God had killed a lamb some years prior to this and throwed that skin but he was a direct descendant from almighty God no matter how much his father didn't tell him the truth, if his daddy wouldn't tell him the truth, God would. And if your grandpa wouldn't tell you the truth, your pastor 
pastor wouldn't tell you the truth. God will see that you get the truth because you are a direct heir of Almighty God. You see, friends, a lot of folks get in their mind that Cain was an infidel. Cain was a believer. He was not a make-believer. He was a believer. Now, I'll preach this to you, and I'm sure to you, know, you don't have to be page, paragraph, and, and date of birth. You know he, pre- he said that. Cain was a believer. Let me go a step further. Every devil in hell are believers. You won't find one demon that's an agnostic. You won't find one demon that's an infidel. They just talk dumb humans into that. You won't find one demon that believes in evolution. You'll not find one demon that's a Trinitarian. You'll not find one demon that believes in women preachers. You'll not find one demon down in hell that would ever truthfully call William Branham a false prophet. Only dumb humans do. Oh my. So here is Cain. Oh my, my. Brother Branham goes through his prayer and he says, I can see him. And it's like he's broke into the realm of vision. And he goes to saying these words of what Cain said. And he held his hands and looked up to God. He had everything in order on his altar. Over as his brother, he's crying and shaking and quivering. The lamb, and he's interrupting his brother because his brother's got the orthodoxy and everything is going, my, so beautiful. And then all of a sudden, here comes a pillar of fire down and catches that thing on fire and pulls it right up. What Cain's, Cain's whole worship services tore all to pieces. Fire generally does that to a cold, dead church member. So what happens he gets so angry. I imagine that Adam and Eve, now remember, they knew who he was. And they must have seen a display of his real father's nature like they had never seen before. They saw such anger, such hatred, such disdain as he looked at Abel. And it must, as a savage beast, raged from in him. Why? Despiser of him in that day that was good. What made him good? Divine revelation imparted unto him the good way of the good God. And when it did, it proved not only who Abel was, but it proved who Cain was. The Bible doesn't tell us how many days it was, how many weeks it was. But one day they were out in the field and he found his opportunity. This rage that had been building in him. And isn't it amazing where he got so fired up was in church. Oh my goodness. 
I, I don't imagine that there's any of us here tonight that are not getting walked on, tread on, whooped, beat, and thrashed, and everything in the world coming to church. And sometimes it might get on your flesh, but aren't you glad it don't make you act like this? It may burn you up one side and down the other, but Lord willing, we'll be back Sunday and we'll just see what the good Lord's got for us on Sunday morning. If he does again, we'll say, praise God, help me to line up, Lord. And you say, Lord, have mercy. What in the world's the matter with me? Don't say what's the matter with you because you're getting preached on and love it and you want to line up. What you ought to say is if you're mad on a hornet and you get, you get mad at the mailman that delivers the mail to your address, don't get mad at me if the Lord talks about you. I don't know you're alive. I don't know what you talk about before you come to church. I'm only the mailman. Get mad at the post office. I said get mad at the post office. Don't get mad at the mailman. I just delivered out and if you you don't like it, well, click off if you don't like what I'm preaching. Some of you folks that get on there just to stream and find fault, if you don't like what I'm saying, I get so sick of him. I wish he wouldn't quote Brother Brandon. Well, I'll tell you one thing. You might as well hang her up, pal. If you think there's going to come a spot, I'm going to stop quoting the prophet of God. Nope. Ain't going to happen. We're going to keep on preaching it because we believe here he was a vindicated prophet of God. It's amazing how merciful these folks that have left the message are to Trinitarians, beer drinkers, smokers, gays, homosexuals. They have so much mercy for everyone except us. <laughs> I'm so happy, my mercy. Don't come from them. Praise God. But what is it? Fulfillment of Scripture. Now keep in mind that that's only on one aspect. You see, there are good Baptist people, good Methodist people, good Pentecostal people, as we'd say, and they're walking in all they know. So the devil is not just against message people. All you got to do is follow the left-leaning media and find out. That, have you seen them mention my name lately? I hope not. I didn't know about it if they was. <laughs> have you seen them talk about Brother Tim? Have you seen them talk about this brother and that brother? No. But they're also blasting those that still believe that human life is a sacred thing. And those who believe that God ordained marriage to be between one man and one woman. Why? Because that is a good divine principle of God. It's still in the Bible. Come on, saints. So they're not just against us Malachi for believers, but the left, the social media, so on and so on, all the big tech companies, they are against what? Conservative voices. They are against those that believe the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of life in the womb. Oh, yes, I don't believe that. I really don't care what you believe. All I know is what God told Jeremiah before you were formed in your mother's womb. I knew you and I ordained you. God didn't say six weeks, 32 weeks, 31 weeks. God said before you was ever formed, I knew you was going to be there. So you argue with God. It will be the Supreme Court that will stand before Almighty God and be judged for the millions of lives. Well, come on, somebody. Amen. 
So the anointing of the last day will culminate to such a place. They will be despisers of those that are good. For those parents who have a baby that is born a biological boy, and they want to teach him from the time he's born that he's a boy. Y'all are looking at me weird. Oh, you, you don't know the latest, huh? Well, what they're wanting to do is wait till your child is four years old. And then you don't say he, her, you know, none of that. And then you let your child at four years old, despite the biological birth, you let your child at four years old decide if they're a him or a her or a sham or a... Now, don't you figure four years old would be a great time for a child to decide anything? They don't even want the one for breakfast. They don't know what they even want for lunch. Now, these are the professional, educated, great educated people of the day. Hell-bound heretics. Well, praise the Lord. So what did they do? Oh, we believe in liberty and rights. You're a liar. You don't believe in rights. You believe in the rights of the left agenda. Everybody else is supposed to shut up. Oh, and then if they won't shut us up, then what do they do? They'll take us off of Twitter. They'll take us off of YouTube. They'll take us off of here and take us off of there. Let them do it. If that's what part of the oppression is in the last day and part of the pressure, that means every move they make means I'm one step higher to a body change. I'm not looking to be a martyr. I'm not trying to cause trouble. I'm just one step ahead of the devil and say, come on, big boy, do whatever you can do because you are never going to catch this bride because this bride will never be shut up. She'll never be stopped. She'll never be shut down. She'll never be burned down. Hallelujah. I don't care what hell does. I don't care what the White House does. God said he would have a people in the last days that would stand upon his word and if we stand for him, he will stand for us. Hallelujah. Let hell come when all hell breaks loose. Comes down. Satan brings sickness. God brings healing. Satan brings trouble. God brings deliverance. Oh, hallelujah. Satan brings all hell. The Lord God looses all heaven. You see, friends, it's the natural animosity that light is so hated by darkness. It is so natural to those in darkness to hate light. Do you ever wonder why some of these folks that have left the message have not started up a YouTube channel against Catholicism? Since under one thing that kills 68 million. Do you know of any message preacher that's killed anybody? But instead of doing that, they will waste their time and add to their damnation. To try to fight against the prophet of God. And a message. 
and a people that are on every continent of the earth that pray for their enemies and pray for them that despitefully use them and turn the other cheek and pray right and live right and walk right. Tell me, what are we doing that is so vile that we would deserve such hatred? But you see, it's the natural animosity of darkness against light. And they probably don't even realize that many of them would absolutely deny they have any hatred toward us. All you gotta do is look at their fruits and their attributes and see, it's hatred. If it quacks like a duck, if it walks like a duck, it's probably a duck. So if they quack like hatred, they talk like hatred, they propagate lies filled with hatred, it's hatred. It's the natural thing that error has against truth. We inherited that when we become, of course, born of the word of God for the hour. I don't know about you, I'm... I'm glad to be reproached for the cause of Christ. Amen. Somebody sent me an email not long ago and said, friend of mine, certain, certain guy is gonna make a video against you. And uh, cause something you preached <clears throat> several Wednesdays ago, something you preached. I said, praise God. Praise be to God. I always count it such an honor to be run down, criticized, and crucified for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, I'm so glad that they couldn't make a video about me and it be the truth of me running off with somebody else's wife, or in this day, husband. I'm glad they can't make a video about me and it be the truth, you know, that I'm off into this doctrine or that doctrine or some other doctrine. I'm so glad that what I'm preaching is making every devil in hell mad. Aren't you glad the way you are living is making every devil in hell? All your women, though, they wear dresses. Well, why don't you turn your hatred against the Mennonites? They wear longer dresses than our message women do. They wear the little thing on the back of their heads and this and that and the other. Why don't you turn against them? Why don't you go down there to the armor store, the Mennonite store, and go in there and march up and down through there and say, it ain't right. You all make these employees wear skirts and they don't even believe what you believe, but you will not let them work for you. It ain't right, it ain't right. Because you don't hate them naturally, do you? You hate us. You hate us. It'll damn you one day. Uh, some of y'all know there's going to be fire in here tonight. You might have prayed for snow. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Friends, it's easy to see. The liberal media seems to oppose anyone that is contrary to them, and they will shut you down. Why? It's the hour we're living. Don't you understand? This is what was prophesied. Now, you know, we've looked at the press for years and years. We've read quotes about it. It's been preached and we've talked about it. But would have any of us ever even thought it would have come in some of the direction that it has? Look, why, my goodness, uh, the Atolokomani can get on, on, on Twitter and say all kinds of things against Israel and they need to be destroyed and they need to be annihilated. Will they take him off? No. 
but a conservative that says this and that and the other, brother, they'll block you in a minute. Well, come on now, somebody. Why? Because that's the direction it's all going. This is only the beginning. It will get worse, which means it's about to get better. Because it can't get better, really, until it does get worse. But when it gets bad enough, the Lord Jesus will say, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of my sweetheart being laughed at, ridiculed, and made fun of. And the Lord Jesus is going to say, all right, today I prove who is my wife. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, today I prove who is on my side. Because I will take her by my side. Oh, it must have been something that day whenever they shat rat Meshach and Abednego and they tried to get them bowed down brother Dow they would not bow they said we're not sure what the Lord will do but there's one thing we know for sure we're not bound to your image you imagine them going in there trembling and fearful as any human being would do but all of a sudden when they got in there they felt this million BTU cooling fat here they were the fire was licking up all around them hallelujah it was so hot it killed the men that threw them in and they were saying in there as cool as a cucumber. They was right there in the presence and the old king looked in there and said, did not we throw three men in there? And they said, yes, O king. He said, I see another one and it's like unto the son of God. You know the sad part of that story? There were thousands of Jews laying on their face. Worshiping the idol of the prophet Daniel. That's who the image was of. So let people ostracize us. Let them do whatever they want to do because we will not worship Brother Branham. Let them say whatever. Let them do whatever they want. We will not bow to the image of Brother Branham as our God. We will bow to no man's image of being our God. We have one God, and his name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, praise the Lord. What will he do? He will take her away, and it will be the Mount Zion showdown. Notice this, Paul goes on to say in verse four, traitors, Oh my goodness. Traitors. It describes people who betray others and cannot be trusted. We know down through time there's been political traitors. All kinds of them. But this is not just necessarily political, but in the religious sense. Traitors. A traitor is generally someone who has a knowledge about something. And they are playing between two sides. And they have a certain inclination or understanding or they share a common knowledge. Hallelujah. It will be like someone working in our Department of Defense and they would copy certain files onto a disk drive and then try to sell them to China 
or Iran or Russia. What do we do to those type of people? We call them traitors. Why? Because they knew certain things. But it proved that their character was not loyal. For most of them, we know what it's about, money. So they make a, you know, whatever it is their salary is, if they stay on there at the Department of Defense or whatever more, but if they would sell this secret, it might be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, more than they could make in a lifetime. So a traitor is one who exchanges their loyalty and their character, but also they have an understanding. So we're talking about people that know things about the truth, and then they will sell out the truth holders for whatever they can get out of it. You see, Judas was such a one. Now, Judas was a preacher, and Judas was a gifted preacher. And he lived a good life. So good, you've heard me say it many times. So good that the rest of the apostles questioned themselves before they questioned him. Whenever Jesus said one of was going to betray me. They never saw Jesus slight Judas, Brother West. He must have been, in one way, an outstanding man as far as without any birth. And they never saw Jesus, you know, treat him in a way. Watch him, watch him, watch him, watch him. Be careful, be careful. They never saw Jesus pull back even at the supper table that night. John was laying here and Judas was given the preeminent place, if you know the order of the way that they laid back. So the disciples, one day Jesus heard Jesus say he was going away, the disciples in their mind must have thought, oh no, Judas is going to get his place. How wrong they were. But Judas was a traitor. You see, Caiaphas did not know the order of how Jesus went to church, where Jesus prayed. If they had quotes on the board of scriptures or... So Judas had been there and done that. So Judas sells out, oh Lord, not only the Lord Jesus, but at the same time sells out his own soul. Why? He knew secrets. He knew where to lead them. Isn't it amazing? He didn't have to take them in a big entourage all through the city of Jerusalem. Well, let's go here. Um, No, he wasn't there. Well, let's go here. Um, No, you know where he's going to be? I know exactly where he'll be. You see, that's the way a trader moves. A trader. Now, let's not get too personal, but I imagine every one of us have been betrayed by people. Sometimes it might be a family member or it might be somebody that you went to church with and oh, you've poured your heart out to them and you've told secrets that in reality you shouldn't have told in the first place. But you so felt you could trust that person. Oh, and in time they turn on you. And what happens to that secretive information? Oh my goodness, y'all need my handkerchief? Some of y'all are sweating bullets. And then that person becomes a traitor. They betray your confidence, your trust. 
Then the next thing you know, this person's looking at you funny and that one's acting funny. Well, you see, traitors have been, again, all alone. But apparently it would consummate into such a place in the last days. Now remember, part of this will actually go over into the tribulation period when the rapture takes the bride out. Then the beast will really set down his power. Whenever the man of sin will make the covenant between the Jews and the Catholics and the rest of the world, and it will actually come to a spot somehow that they will be able to make a covenant in so much that they will build the third temple. And there he will set and show himself as God. It will certainly take a superman to be able to do that for sure. But in doing so, they will sell out the 144,000 which had been born again under the ministry of Moses and Elijah. Is that right? Now, who do you think also they're going to also betray the foolish virgin? The foolish virgin, the prophet tells us in the church age book, will be hunted down like dogs. I hate to say it, but I'm going to have to go ahead and say it. There will be people around the message that will miss the rapture. They will also be hunted down like dogs. Many good Baptists, Pentecostal, whatever more, will be hunted down. How will they find them? Well, part of them will be your smartphone. There's a brother telling me the other day that he had bought a new vehicle and he got to looking at the app on his, on his phone about his vehicle. Little did he know that that app had been recording every move that he made at a stop sign, every turn signal. So it told him that he, broke, he braked too hard here. He turned too sharp there. Ah, oh, smartphones for dummies. And us dummies think we have to have them. Some of you love your smartphone more than you love Jesus. I know some of you love it more than you do your husband or your wife because you sit there and look at it across the dinner table and spend more time with your phone. Look, friends, we, we've just about got to a place we can't even talk no more. We have to text one another at the dinner table. Well, come on now. And how will it be? Because people will turn them over. Look, friends, I've been in China. I know how their thing works there. And it will come here to the same place. People there in China are rewarded for turning in people having church. That's why it was so dangerous in the trips that we made over the years. And you'd move here and you'd go there and you'd be somewhere else because they are paid by the Communist Party to turn you in. Oh, what if that comes to America? Oh, some of my family would never do it. I wouldn't hang my, high, my hopes too high on that. It's amazing what people will do for an almighty dollar. But what is it? It's because in the last days, this thing will be so prevalent. Brothers will turn against brothers. Fathers and mothers against children and back and forth. And Paul felt the pulsation on his soul so great to write about it. It would be traitors, but not just traitors. The culmination of the worst amount of traitors that's ever existed on the earth. Neither friendship, nor partisanship, nor political party, nor blood will matter in the last days. Amen. Promises of, brother, let me share this with you. Please don't share Oh, no, oh, no, I won't share it. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Right. Traitors. Hey. This is a headstrong person. I think for my own safety and well-being, I'll go over here and 
maybe in this other room and uh, heady a person that is headstrong will not listen to counsel a person who's controlled by emotion more than principle rash reckless heady heady high minded Oh, Jesus, help us to get through this verse, Lord. Heady, high-minded, the Greek word, tapu, to be proud, be lifted up with pride, to raise a smoke. Wow, this ain't from a cigarette either. To raise a smoke, to wrap in a mist. So a person wraps who they are in a smoke or a mist. A facade. It's only something they put on because they don't want you to know and see the real them. So they are heady and they're high-minded. So they're, you know, they're one kind of person. But they put on this mist or this smoke that puts off a total different person. Now, high-minded does not describe a person with lofty thoughts, but it is a person who is puffed up with their own importance, or conceited is also a good synonym. Oh my goodness. First Timothy, don't y'all pray a blizzard on me now. First Timothy 6, 3. If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, which is healthy words, wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing You see, that's the sad part about a know-it-all. In reality, they know nothing. They're proud, they're arrogant, they're puffed up, they're self-centered, and in reality, they know nothing. Can I have a few more minutes? Know nothing but doting. Doting about questions. Ah, I see. I was so amazed, Harry, whenever I looked this up an old month and a half ago, maybe now it's been. Doting is no seal which is to be sick, metaphorically of an ailment of the mind, to be taken with such interest in a thing as amounts to a disease, to have morbid fondness of. So there will be people in the last days that will be morbidly fond of questions. Isn't it amazing he doesn't say answers, but questions. They're mentally sick about questions. Well, what about this and what about that? And Brother Bram said this and Brother Bram said that over there. And I just don't understand. Y'all owe this to us to explain. You're sick. You're morbidly sick, mentally sick. Not about the answers but about the questions. He is proud knowing nothing but doting about 
questions. Now look at this. A subject of questioning or debate, matter of controversy, oh my, subject or debate or matter of controversy and strifes of words and strifes as long as Makia, strife of words to contend about words, to wrangle about empty and trifling matters. But they got a sickness about all these questions. Our brother Branham said right over here that there were so many in India. And right over here he said, oh no, 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 oh no. He said something else. Oh no, oh no, false prophet, false prophet has to be. Oh, you mean something like in the Bible? Where in, in Kings it talks about the measurement of the labor and gives it one size, and Chronicles, it gives it another size, which is not really that bad, just 700 gallon difference. <laughs> now some of y'all wanna ask me questions, let's settle the ones in the Bible first, and then we'll go to the message. Okay. One of the Bible passages says Jesus wore a purple robe, while the other says he wore a scarlet robe. Now you tell me which one it was, because they're not the same color. One of them says he did not drink what they gave him on the cross. The other two says he did. So you resolve that one for me, Mr. Theologian. Don't you understand when Satan gets you on that merry-go-round, what he's trying to do to you? Make you sick. You will become so absorbed in the questions, not the answers. The question, oh, I don't understand this, and I don't understand that, and I can't answer this, and I can't answer that. There's a lot I can't understand, but I'm not going to be mentally possessed and morbidly sick over the question. I just want to rejoice in what few answers that I do understand. I don't figure I'll understand the grace of God ever. I don't figure I'll ever understand the mercy of God in this life, Brother Dow, but I'm so glad for what little bit I do understand. I'm just so happy and so blessed. Come on, saints. Or you can go on the other side. Well, I've got to understand this and this makes no sense. And I can't understand that. I can't understand you're mentally ill. Now, this is from your Bible. This is not a quote. This is from your Bible. Praise God. Notice Romans 13, 13. Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and oneness, not in strife and envying. Galatians 5, 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, debating about words. You imagine a prophet of God, Paul, here putting that in the same verse of Scripture as idolatry and witchcraft. Praise God. Verse 21, envyings, murderings, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I'll tell you before as I've told you in time past, they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Those who want to wrangle with words and this question and that question, they will not inherit Amen. the kingdom of God. So says your Bible. Philippians 2, 3, let nothing be done in vainglory through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves, James 3, 14. But if ye have bitter envying and strife in your hearts, glory not 
and lie not against the truth. The wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. He is proud, back to 1 Timothy, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of word, whereof cometh envy and strife, railings, blasphemia, evil speaking, slander, speech injurious to another's good name. Evil surmisings, scanty evidence, conjecture, Presume, speculate. Don't you see this is the way Satan would love to get people to go? And many are following this path. Oh my, aren't you glad God's leading you down another way? Everybody's getting under a spirit. Which one are you under tonight? Which one am I under? Which one is going to crown our lives? Carol was playing a tape the other day and I heard Brother Branham say it and he said, he was talking about tension. You're nine times saying you've been hearing it. He said, I was thinking about tension. He thought, it was tension that drove me to God. He said, I got to thinking, after all, if it hadn't been for this tension, maybe I wouldn't have come to God. And he said, that kind of encouraged me. He said, if it wasn't for tension, I'd be like a rag doll. Well, I must not be a rag doll as much tension as I deal with. As much tension as you all deal with. You ain't like a rag doll, right? But he said, may God help us. He said, one of the awfulest things that Satan can crown, crown a person's life is an old crabbed spirit. An old man, he said, crabbed, or an old woman. That's their life is crowned with that grouchy, contrary. Oh, God. Everybody's getting under the spirit of something. Don't you want to be crowned with mercy, kindness, forgiveness, love? Let's stand together. Praise be to God. 1 Timothy 6, 17, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded. Trust not in uncertain wrenches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Praise be to God. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Getting in the Spirit. Which Spirit are we in, Happy Valley? Christ's Spirit, love, mercy, forgiveness, kindness, or the Spirit of the world? Hate, arguments, strifes of words. Don't you understand? Satan would love to get you pulled into Facebook. Over what? Strifes of words. Doting about questions. Just getting sick. So called up that you're doting. Look friends, many of you will never do this like the world would. But if you're not careful, we can get pulled into our own little circle of doting about this question or that question. And we become so possessed with it in our minds, we get sick. We become morbidly sick. We think about it. We dream about it. We bake muffins with it. We eat pancakes with it. It's on our mind. We're tormented. We worry. Oh, have you heard lately what Hannity said? No, I haven't heard what he said. 
Well, have you heard Fox News? Have you heard Ben Shapiro? Have you heard so-and-so? I can't say that I have. I think it'd do some of y'all better to spend more time listening to the voice of the seventh angel. Some of y'all that are regular listeners to to talk radio, how long has it been since you've listened to a tape of the prophet of God? You got your regular conservative people that you listen to and you listen to this and going to work and this and doing that. And how long has it been since you listened to the anointed once the end time? How long has it been since you sat down and listened to a tape of the seventh angel messenger? Well, y'all have an election if you want to. But I'm just warning you, if I get voted back in, I'll continue this Wednesday night. It's up to you. And if you vote Brother Darrell in, he'll continue my notes probably. Because he believes the same thing. You vote Brother Wes in, he believes the same thing. So y'all are in a win-win-win situation. Amen. We're going to have a baptism tonight if they'll come prepare for that. What we're, we're going to offer prayer. How many like to be remembered before the Lord? You don't want none of this stuff in your life. Oh, do we have questions? Of course we do. We'll always have questions. But there's a difference, friends, about having questions and doting about questions, arguing debating, strifes, envy, and all that sort of thing. No. Let's just pray together. Lord Jesus, it must have been so outstanding that you yourself anointed your prophet to write about things that had been ongoing since the fall of man. Man has been traitors before, high-minded, see Nimrod way back in the book of Genesis. We see the people in the book of Genesis that said, go to, let us make brick. Let us make a tower. Let us build up to the place and we can make a name for ourselves. It's been ever since the fall of man. People were fierce. They were haters and despisers of those that are good. But you knew it would become so bad in the last days. It would be outstanding. And yet at the same time, perfect love would be restored on the earth before the rapture. So when you carry your prophet beyond the curtain of time, and he goes into that land and he visits that land, and when he come back, he couldn't even find words that he knew in the English language to describe how it felt and what he saw. Perfect It's beyond that. Superb, he said, beyond that. Use several different adjectives to try to describe it. And then he come back and he gave us this admonition and warning. It will take perfect love to get you there. And he said, lay aside everything until you get perfect love. So here we are in the age that perfect love is required for a body change. And the earth has never experienced so much hate. The earth has never experienced so much intolerance. We know the Jews, and if these people have studied history very much, they know the Hutterites. 
They know, Lord, even looking at the Mennonites, and if they look at their history and know Joseph Menon, and where they come from in Germany and the places in Europe, why did they come here? Freedom of religion. The Hutterites, why did they come here? Freedom of religion. Why was even our forefathers who landed on Plymouth Rock? Because of the tyranny of the English king and the persecution. The Anabaptists, many of them, Lord. Well, Lord, it looks like it's raising again. Father, we won't take a ship back across to Germany because it'll be there if we go there. We can't take a boat or a plane to go to Russia. There really ain't no place on the earth which your people can flee. So you made a way where we won't flee to the earth, but we'll flee to heaven. Praise God. Praise God. You've always made a way when your people were suffering for them to have a way of escape. And this will be the culmination of all escape routes that have been down through time. Praise God. Not from one nation to another, not from one country, but from one dimension to another. The prophet said, we'll come up missing on the earth and Satan can't find us no more. So he'll raise up his persecution and try to shut us down. But in the morning of the rapture, all the elect will be changed and we'll just poof, disappear. And we'll come up missing on the earth. Oh, glory be to God. What a mystery. Missing on the earth, getting together with the rest of the group. So we're still here, but they can't see us nor find us. That invisible union that we're hearing right now will unite us in that dimension and we'll still be glory to God, hallelujah. And we'll still be here on the earth, but we simply step into another dimension. When Brother Benham looked at his body, he said he was about 20 feet. He was in the sixth dimension, but measuring feet, his body was 20 feet away. So we will simply step into another dimension maybe 20 feet away, but the devil won't be able to find us. The government won't be able to find us. They'll try to shut us up, but they can't find us. I tried to serve a warrant on that loud mouth preacher. I kept knocking on the door. There wasn't nobody answered the door. We busted the door out and there's everybody gone. We went over the hill. We went here, there, and there, and we can't find none of them skirt people. Hallelujah to God. We're still here. They just can't find us. Oh, Jesus, help us, Lord. We want to be ready, Lord God. Help us, no matter what people do to us. Help us not to harbor hard feelings. Help us not to be revengeful, Lord. Help us, Lord God, to display your kindness, your love, your attributes, Jesus. I want to be ready, Lord. I want to be ready. Praise be to God. How many wants to be ready with all your heart? Praise the Lord. Let's sing together Amazing Grace just before we have the baptism. Don't you love him to that sense? Don't you appreciate the grace of God? Amazing grace. How 
sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Oh, I was blind, praise God. But now, thank God, aren't you glad? You can see once again. Oh, it was amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a poor lost wretch like me. closer to you, Lord. Lord, here's my granddaughter, Lord. She wants to give her life to you, Lord. She's one of those little treasures, Lord God, that you put in your treasure chest, Lord, our heaven, Lord. You gave her to us here on earth, Lord God, for a little treasure, Lord. God, we just ask you, Lord, to be with her in the days to come, Lord God. Help her, Lord, to get through this life, Lord, and her Christian, Lord, because we know, Lord, Satan's going to come at her we're in a perfect one, Lord. After you baptize, that don't mean that everything's going to be a free walk. You're going to go through trials and situations in her life, Lord. I pray, Lord God, that your hand be upon her, Lord, which I know it will, Lord. Dear Lord, we thank you, Lord, for her life, Lord. In our line, we're going to baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. the law. What's she doing? Getting in the spirit. That's right. <laughs> Other little girls is doing all kinds of evil and things in this day. But what do we want to bring ours to? Get them in the spirit and the spirit get in them. Amen. Someone had placed this prayer request up here. Please pray for Courtney Babb. She had to leave service tonight with a 
migraine and dizziness. Can, can we pray for Courtney, my granddaughter? Lord Jesus, Father, you see Courtney's needs. Lord, being here in service and wanting to be a part of the service and worship and hear the word. Father God, I pray for her right now in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of God touch her. Lord, help her with this migraine, dear God. We believe you suffered stripes, Father, not only for just regular headaches, but for those who have this type of headache. Now, I've never had them before, but my mama, my brothers, Lord Jesus, Brother Darrell, different friends of mine have them, and I know how it can be so difficult for them. I pray, Father, for her tonight in the name of Jesus. May you touch her, Lord, heal her, and make her well. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. God bless you, saints, and loving the Lord. See you, Lord willing, Sunday. Appreciate the word tonight. Let's just sing this together. When I think about the Lord, how He saved me, how He raised me. He filled me with the Holy Ghost, how He healed me to the uttermost. When I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my solid ground makes me
go tonight be careful going home remember the services this weekend and continue to pray for a lot of needs that we heard here tonight and sister glenda um blevins for one in the er there when we came in just pray the lord will be with them tonight we thank him for the ones he's already touched don't we so much to be thankful for let's sing this as you go tonight we'll take up your cross and follow jesus Take up your cross every day. And don't be ashamed to say that you know. Cross. 